welcome to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast with your host, Seth Wolkoff. And hello, football fans, and welcome in to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Seth Wilcock. You can find me on Twitter at DFF underscore Seth W. This is our final episode of the season. Uh, We got a lot in store for you in addition to rounding it out, as always, with the start, sit, and Seth. We're going to have Thomas Kuda joining us once again to give our, our regular season awards. We're talking MVPs. We're talking most valuable pickup. Uh, we're talking biggest bust and the players. We're going to foreshadow to next season a little bit. And we're going to talk about the players we're most excited to watch for next season. We got all that and more for you, but before anything, I would just like to give a quick shout out to the in-between family. I appreciate all the listens, all the follows so far this semester. Uh, It's been so much fun. You know, it's been an absolute blessing doing this with you. So make sure you check out all the other content we have for you here at thepen.org. If you like this podcast, there's a ton more out there for you. Uh, yeah, let's jump on in. But before we get to anything, I would just like to give a quick shout out to this show's sponsor. Villa 2 in Indiana, PA is a pizzeria that meets bakery. You can experience the best of both worlds at Villa 2. The relaxed, family owned eatery offers sweet, thin crust pizza, traditional Villa pizza, wings, burgers, salads, and so much more. Delicious desserts are provided by Market Street Pastries. Check out their sweet treats such as macaroons, cheesecakes, cannolis, cream puff, brownies, and so much more. It's all located at 720 Philadelphia Street. Dine in, take out, or get your order delivered today by calling 724-465-2002. Again, that's Villa 2 in Indiana at 724-465-2002. And welcome back in to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. This is it. This is we're tying the bow on the regular season here. I'm joined by Tom Kuda. Tom, you've been with me throughout this uh, throughout this whole regular season so far. How's it been for you down there in Florida, man? Oh, it's been pretty fantastic. This has turned out to be a pretty good year of fantasy football. M- you know, most of the time. Um, but yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun as it is every year. Yeah, it's definitely been one for the books. Uh, normally I, I feel pretty confident heading into the playoffs just, you know, with our predictions throughout the year. And while I still think we hit on a lot of predictions, there was a lot that we did not see coming along with most of the fancy football analyst community, I would say as a whole. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely some people who, you know, were coming into the season super hyped, super ready to go, and then they just completely fell apart, you know, (laughs) right out of the gate or, you know, very early on in the season, and it kind of surprised people and probably caused people, you know, at least I can think of one person in particular, probably caused people this season. (laughs) This is why, though, people like you and I, we love the offseason so much because it's that time to really nerd out, uh, dig deep within those stats, within those trends, those consistency charts, and really kind of figure out who we're 
the All-Stars from last season and try to formulate what we expect going into next season. I definitely learned a couple lessons this season, especially with drafting and where to take running backs, where to take wide receivers, that type of thing. And I feel like I'll be ready for next season. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, we'll have a whole nother offseason to dig into stats and watch for the rising stars and people who do really good in training camp and everything. So, I mean, you know, the regular season might be over, but we're still, you know, just getting started, getting ready for next year. Certainly. We will be plugging along. This will be our final episode here on the pen.org, but don't worry. The in-between will be back next year. We're going to find out some things. Tom might be joining us more consistently, but we'll have more to update you that on in the future. Uh, but for this final episode of the in-between fantasy football podcast, Tom and I will be giving out our regular season awards. We're going to talk about the biggest busts, the waiver wire additions of the season, the fantasy MVPs, of course, and the players we are most excited to see next season. What do you think, Tom? That sounds great to me. It sounds like a great way to, you know, like you said, put a nice little bow in the season, you know, kind of revisit some of the things that people I'm sure forgot about, especially with the waiver wire pickups, you know, somebody that got scooped up that you just weren't paying attention to maybe give you a good set of eyes for next season to figure out kind of what you're looking for to pick up and, you know, just get, get yourself ready and in the mindset of getting out of whatever good or bad things happened to you this year. And while, you know, maybe our work as a podcast is done for the season, Tom, the work for the fantasy football season is far from over. We still have at least three to four weeks left, depending on your league settings. And uh, it's going to be a run to the end in, in some championships. You and I right now, we're sitting the one and two seeds in our dynasty leagues. That's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. So uh, unfortunately, we will not be joining you for the last couple weeks of the fantasy football season but check out some other podcasts uh tom and i are big fans of the fantasy footballers i'm a big fan of the espn fantasy focus the 06010 podcast so if you need help i'll be having my start sitting seth column dynasty football factory will still be plugging away as well so make sure you check out all the podcasts all the content coming out on there i'll have another start sitting seth to round out the show and what do you say we jump on into it tom all right let's get to it all right, so my biggest bust of the season. You run over there without a second to lose, and what comes next? Hey, bust the move. It's Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he was a guy drafted in the back ends of a lot of first rounds, early second rounds, and while it's not 100% his own fault, you know, we saw the Big Ben injury come down there in week two. That shocked all of Steelers Nation while the Steelers have been able to put a decent season together, they're sitting at that sixth seed in the playoffs. Uh, there hasn't been much to talk about on offense, especially through the air. And believe it or not, Juju is actually wide receiver 50 currently. James Washington, who was drafted very far behind him, is actually still sitting out there on waiver wires in a lot of leagues, has only scored 2.7 less fantasy points than Juju this season. I think that really put it into perspective of how big of a bust he was. If you drafted him with your first-round pick, uh, it's it's not looking good for you, I, I don't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine as either unless, I mean, I don't know, man, unless you really got lucky with your second, third rounds, had some great hits later on, you probably ended up middle of the pack in your league this year. 
if not worse. Yeah, yeah. It it's really hard to recover from that, especially when it's a wide receiver. If you could have traded him out early in the season for some value, maybe that worked to your advantage. And Tom, let's be honest, coming into this season, you and I and honestly a lot of the fantasy football community, one of our biggest debates coming into the season was can Juju Smith step up as the clear cut number one wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers with Antonio Brown leaving town? Yeah, and I think both of us were firmly in the yes, he can camp. Right. And I definitely still chalk this season up as more of a, like, we don't really know yet. <laughs> Just because I, yeah. I don't think that it's fair to necessarily pin the hole. But, you know, there's, I don't know. It's going to be tough. There's definitely arguments to both sides that he might not be able to handle it or that we won't know until next year. Yeah, to me, it's almost kind of like a lost season for just about everyone in Pittsburgh. Um, we, we'll never know the true value of any of these players, I don't think, until we see Ben Roethlisberger return. And while we have figured out maybe James Conner isn't the clear-cut workhorse back that we hoped going into the season, I think it's all going to play out very nicely here in 2020. And Next season, I, I think it will be a good bounce back for not just Juju, but the whole Pittsburgh uh, whole Pittsburgh wide receiving core and offense as a whole. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, if with the way that defense has been playing, if they come in and smash next year like, they, like they're doing right now, I mean, the defense has carried that team to most of those six wins. Right. So probably to every single one of them. Yeah. So if they do that again next year, Big Ben's good for another three or four wins on his own if he can be mostly as good as he was last year. Certainly. Tom, who's your bust of the season? So uh, my bust of the season, unfortunately, cost me the playoffs in my cash league. Well, one of my cash leagues. And that is David Johnson. Because he's, his ADP coming into the year was like number six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In PPR leagues, he was number six overall. And he, so far, I mean, he didn't do anything. He's effectively benched at this point it has been for a couple weeks now plus he got injured i mean it just wreaked havoc on people's teams and for me you know try as i might to play the waivers and try to plug in losing a top tier running back like that there's just no coming back from it yeah it's one of those seasons that really makes you shake your head uh i mean last season wasn't exactly the season especially early on that david johnson owners were thinking of but he still finished very well. But I don't know if you've realized this, Tom, but it's only been 86 rushing attempts on the entire season for David Johnson. He only has barely over 300 yards, not averaging more than four yards per carry. And while the receiving was consistent early on, I mean, now, now it's it's gone completely. And, I mean, yeah. he's, he's droppable at this point. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, just for, like, frame of reference and full PPR league, he is currently ranked the baltimore ravens defense has more points than he does so does latavius wow. murray christian kirk debo samuel they all have more points than him ryan Tannehill has more points than him this year so just do with that what you will tom i mean i know this is generally a redraft podcast but what do you think of david johnson heading into the future here it seems like pretty murky water if i say so myself yeah, if I'm a dynasty owner of David Johnson, honestly, at this point, I'm I'm making sure that I have at least one first round pick for next year to try to hit gold. I mean, because he's 
going to be way too low value to even try to sell anywhere. Maybe like if he gets traded in the off season, try to ride some of that hype out. But I'm definitely looking to ditch him as soon as humanly possible. Tom, if he stays in Arizona over the off season, if he's not traded like you foreshadowed a little bit there a second ago, is he someone you would even consider in drafting next year? Is he on your board at all? Um, he is if he slips far enough. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if if his ADP coming in the next year is like mid third round, and I can get him in like the fourth or fifth, like yeah, I'll I'll take him. But I don't know. It's weird because it's just so unreal that somebody who is so good just a couple years ago has effectively been benched like this. I mean, and watching some of his running, you can tell that he's scared of his injuries. Like yeah. uh, there was one, I can't remember which one it was in particular, but he went to take a hard cut right. And he like did a little cautious like half step and he got rammed for it. Like he could have blown open a hole wide open, probably had a touchdown. Like it looked like a really good play. And then he just got scared that he was going to hurt himself. I think I, at least that's what it looks like he's doing. I'm not sure though. Yeah, I think he could be, you know, even if he is traded, I think he could be a serviceable change of pace back for another team. I mean, that receiving ability we saw, you know, throughout the first four or five weeks of the season was still there. It was still there, and he, he was very good on that end. So maybe he can be that type of James White back if he can transform himself from that three-down back role into a more pass-friendly running back coming on come in on third downs and trying to make something happen there. Well, there you go. He's one of the Patriots. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of the Patriots, uh, they're great on the waiver wire in real football. They're always acquiring new pieces throughout the year and that's what we try to do here in fantasy football as well every week you can read a million waiver wire columns i have my in the scope column that highlights waiver wire targets a week early and you can still whiff you can still whiff and there are plenty of reasons to miss throughout on some of these people we're going to bring up tom uh you know, we could argue here that every season there's normally a running back that kind of emerges as one of these better backs. Uh, usually week one we see this, Phil Lindsay going back a couple seasons now, Alvin Kamara the year before. It didn't really seem like we had that. Jamal Williams was a nice pickup for some. He's RB21 on the season right now. Uh, but other than that, you can make some arguments for Darren Waller and Mark Andrews. I know they weren't drafted in a ton of leagues, but they were also drafted in some leagues. So you can't really define them as true waiver wire pickups. But, uh, Tom, who is your waiver wire acquisition of the season? These nuts. Ha! <laughs> Gotti! Ha! <laughs> oh! So for me, I you're kind of right. This year was a little bit slim pickings. Like there weren't really su- too many like superstar standouts coming off the waivers. I think for me, uh, it turned into John Brown. I mean, that was just kind of a surprise to me. He's still currently ranked number fifteen wide receiver in PPR leagues, which firmly puts him at you know, top tier wide receiver two. And I mean, he only has one game under 10 points. Now, granted, most of them hover right around that 10 point mark, but right. that's consistent. You know, that's somebody you're starting every single week in your wider th- wide receiver three spot. And just, I don't think anybody saw that coming from him. People who picked up on it 
and, you know, trusted him to be put in there every week have probably been, you know, they've been rewarded pretty well so far. Yeah, he, he is a prime example of why I am, especially after this season, very pro running back early in the draft, wait for someone like John Brown to emerge. And hats off to everyone in Buffalo right now. Uh, Coach McDermott, they have done an amazing job up there. Josh Allen has just so, so much improved from last season. And he's really made very viable targets out of not just John Brown, but Cole Beasley as well. It's, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills have been quite surprising this year, honestly. I mean, as always, they're driven by defense, but I don't know. I just didn't expect them to win this much. (laughs) Yeah, Smokey Brown is a big part of that up there, and I really like the fact that he he has come on as of late as when people needed him these last this last month of the season this is the biggest month of the season you need him to show up and even when you didn't think he was going to show up last week he had his lowest receiving total of the season he had a passing touchdown I mean what else can you ask for from this guy I know for real it's just it's crazy I mean I'm sure that he definitely has been a part of at least providing that solid floor so you can make riskier plays and just know what you're getting it really helps to just really round out a good team. Yes, absolutely. Tom, my waiver wire acquisition of the season, I can't believe I'm saying this, Devontae Parker. Yeah, I can't believe you're saying that either. (laughs) I mean, so I looked Devontae Parker dead in the face so many times when he was on my waiver wires in so many leagues. I think I ended up picking him up in about one or two of them, but I had, you know, I could have had him for weeks upon weeks, and I think everyone's in the same boat with this. I mean, but he's a fifth-year wide receiver. This is something that I, you know, you seldomly see. We saw it with not the the great Mike Williams we know now, but the the later uh, the Mike Williams for Seattle a couple seasons ago. He he came on late in his career, but you normally don't see this. He's a fifth-year guy. Uh, he has continued to produce double digits points every week. The only times he didn't was in week three and four with Josh Rosen as his quarterback, and he seems to be improving every week. That's as a fantasy manager. It, maybe it's not it's not crucial, but it's fun to watch. It, he actually absolutely was mossing people over the weekend, and I think that was just as something I, I was just not expecting that. So that's that's my number one there. Uh you know, you probably got him for zero cost as well. I mean, I know a lot of these waiver wire pickups, you're spending a lot of fab to get him, but Devontae Parker, you're not. Uh and he delivered when it was the most crucial time. Uh in the last three weeks of the season, he has been amazing. Week thirteen, he balled out seven for one fifty-two and two. As we noted, uh, he was wide receiver one in the most crucial week of the season. Uh, I- I'm all in on Devonte Parker, and I can't believe I whiffed that bad. I know it's crazy. I I was a huge Devonte Parker truther up until this <laughs> last off season. I was like, you know what? I'm done. All my stock is gone. I'm not drafting him ever again. And boom, here we go. <laughs> you know, like, but I'm really happy for him. I always thought he was a good talent, and I'm I'm just really happy that whatever clicked between him and Fitz Magic clicked, and he's been showing out this year. It's really good for him, and I mean anybody who drafted him in fantasy, like, are you kidding me? Week 13 to put up a 35, like an almost 35 point game. 
that's insane. Like that that is like stamping somebody's ticket into the playoffs for sure. He could be a potential league winner. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll see how this plays out the next couple weeks. But as it sits right now, I mean, he has a great schedule. Uh, two weeks back-to-back in the Meadowlands, Giants, Jets, and then he'll finish it out at Cincinnati. I mean, you can't ask for much more as a schedule. And he's an every-week he's an every week starter at this point. And I guess it'll just be fun to see what's going to come about it. I know Miami has him on a team option right now, actually. So, Hats off to them for taking that gamble. They can bring him back next year for a very discounted price. So yeah, that's it's it's really good. And I mean, absolutely, if you got him, you got to keep rolling him out there. That schedule is cake for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so much for tank for two. How about it? Yeah, <laughs> that's over with. <laughs> All right, Tom. Who are your fantasy MVPs of the 2019 fantasy football regular season? You the real MVP. Alrighty, so I got one honorable mention, and then I'll get to the actual one. So first, I just want to throw a shout out there to Dalvin Cook. I mean, obviously he's lighting it up this year. Um, sucks he just got his shoulder hurt, but I mean he's still been absolutely crushing it out this year. I mean, just there there is no bust in his entire portfolio. The closest he came to it was a thirteen point game, and like if you want to count that as a bust, you can. But that's still a pretty good week. Right. He's, he's been outstanding. Like, I, you know, you knew he was good, but nobody thought he was going to be this good. <laughs> you know, nobody thought he was going to come in and just throw up, you know, 260, whatever points he's got right now, like firmly put himself into the top tier. And it's been pretty amazing to watch him completely drive the Minnesota offense. Yeah, I mean, you know? a, a big reason I feel like he slipped in a, in a couple of drafts is because he had that injury tag coming in a little bit. Missed a majority of his rookie season with the ACL. Came back last season. Was still really not Dalvin Cook until the end. And even still at that point, he was still splitting with Latavius Murray up there in Minnesota. And uh, yeah, this season he has delivered everything you could want. And I think it really proves just how much talent has been there the last couple seasons. And what could have been for those owners who maybe drafted him in the past. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and who, um, who is the money, yeah. Tom? Who's the money? The money. The money. Listen, I got to – I love it. It's Lamar Jackson for me all the way. You know, I was on the fence for a little bit between him and Russell Wilson, but these last couple weeks, Lamar Jackson has put some distance in between him and him and Russell Wilson. I mean, it's just been incredible. Coming into out of the like draft last year, Lamar Jackson was my favorite quarterback. I'm definitely going to ride all those points straight to the bank. I've been saying he's going to win the Super Bowl since before he got drafted. And now, I mean, holy crap. <laughs> he came in and lit it up this year. Usually sophomore jumps for quarterbacks are, are not this pronounced. But, I mean, he has broken so many records rushing, mostly rushing. I mean, let's be honest. But <laughs> he's still just been absolutely electric this year. I mean, we knew coming into this season, Tom, like how good the rushing was. We saw it at Louisville for years, and but he's put the passing behind it as well. And I really just hope this is one of those things that lasts for a while and sticks around because I'm not foreshadowing anything because I think Lamar Jackson is going to be one of the all-time greats. But 
I mean, we, we've we seen this RG3, Colin Kaepernick. While I think Lamar Jackson is a better player than all of those combined, I, I, I don't know. It's just it's crazy to me that he's just put it all together so quickly. And in addition to you getting him so late in your drafts, he's also made the entire Baltimore Ravens offense other than the receivers, I guess you could say, like pretty money. Like Mark Andrews has been an absolute stud, and Mark Ingram, a guy I was really low on coming into the season, he he's been he's been very good as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just been amazing. It's it's been awesome to watch. I mean, he really provided. Like, I mean, come on, he beat the Patriots for goodness' sake. One of the only two people to do it. And it's it's really been awesome because everybody thought that he was just going to come in here and stink it up this whole year. It's uh, it's it's been really great. But like I said, I mean, specifically for fantasy, though, I mean, he's like number two overall. But it's just that nobody expected it. I mean, I think in the in one of my cash leagues, he got drafted literally in the last round as like a throwaway pick that somebody made just to see what happened. <laughs> I was so close to him in so many leagues, just like literally like two picks before me in multiple leagues he was taken. I was very upset. Uh, could have changed a lot of leagues for me. I know in one of my leagues, actually, uh, one of my family leagues, he was taken in the fourth round, and one of my cousins was very high on him, and we all kind of joked and laughed a little bit, and uh, he's the one <laughs> seed heading into the playoffs. I say nobody's laughing now. No. Well, I mean, on the plus side, though, you haven't been in our dynasty league now. <laughs> yeah, Tom and I actually made a trade. I, I want to say it was about three weeks, two months ago at this point. Uh, I was struggling at QB. Jared Goff was my best option. I had Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett in the gang, rolling them out there every week. And I, I just decided to go all in on Lamar Jackson. I kind of had to at that point. And you, know, you were lucky enough to be in a favorable quarterback situation with he and Russell Wilson. And you trade Lamar Jackson, and it, it, it might be scary now for you. I was going to say, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to regret that come week 16. But listen, I, I would have traded Russell Wilson. Science would say to trade Russell Wilson, but I love Russell Wilson. We he's know. My, he's like my favorite player in the whole NFL. So I'm definitely not. If I'm going to get rid of one of them, we got to get rid of Lamar, unfortunately. But listen, it's great. He's definitely probably honestly the MVP of the league if he keeps this up and MVP of fantasy leagues for sure. And for once, I'm actually excited to really watch the NFL playoffs. I always am, but at, I mean, we're gonna have Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, you know, Goat Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson. Like the AFC, those top four teams are gonna be really cool, and maybe some Duck Hodges too. Who knows? Yeah, I know this. This is actually shaping up to be a pretty crazy year for playoffs. I mean, all the all the teams have just been popping off this year, the ones that are sitting at the top anyway. I mean, like, more than usual, it right. seems, too. Right. Like, there's a lot of 10-2 and two teams this year. All right, Tom. Are you ready for yes, my fan? Yes. Okay. Bring it on. Okay. So, while I really haven't had an opportunity to talk much about Christian McCaffrey on the podcast this season, uh, because he's been so good, he's been the locked-in RB1 all season long, and uh, by far more fantasy points than any other player. Uh, he, but he's like the MVP like LeBron is every season. You know he's the MVP. He's not going to get those pity points, so he can't be my MVP. But Christian McCaffrey, you were the guy I saw coming out of Stanford. You were the guy who I s- said and stand by still to this day that you should have been the number one pick coming into this season. And 
so thank you, McCaffrey, for you know fulfilling all that I said about you two to three years ago. Thank you, and uh, I would like to present my fantasy MVP. Again, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> to to Derrick Henry. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, Derrick Henry was a guy. He had a lot of hype coming into last season. I really liked Derrick Henry coming into the 2018 season, and he really fell flat on his face for the first 13 weeks of the season. Comes out against Jacksonville on a Thursday night last season, tears it up, and he never stopped. Uh, he in a lot of leagues he was he slid he slid uh, in my keg league. And again, keep this in mind that this league is we do research. This is a very competitive league. We have $1,200 on the line every single season, so we are all in. And Derrick Henry, I look back today, he was the 49th pick in that league. He slid so far, and currently he is running back four on the season. Yeah, I know. It's it's really been amazing. and I, I for the longest time, have always been a, a hater, a doubter of Derrick Henry, but... Ever since that, you know, that game against Jacksonville last year, I mean, he's always money against Jacksonville anymore, but yeah, it seems like the Titans kind of were like, okay, so he really does have a specific, you know, they actually just learned one of their greatest, like, offensive pieces. He had a specific style, and they decided they were going to build the offense around that style, and look at how it's paid off for them. I mean, it's it's been really good for them and I still didn't expect I thought Derrick Henry was going to come in and just be a total dumpster again this year but he has shocked me completely <laughs> and totally it was like that Jacksonville game uh he can't like you ever watch Dragon Ball Z how like they just power up it was like he was just like ah powering up the whole you know what I mean he powered up and he hasn't lost it since yeah. I know it's crazy it, it was just like everyone just thought he was circling the drain and then now he's you know going out there and literally just stepping on people like they're small, you know, tiny little children and just bowling over people. It's crazy to watch. I mean, this season, the the volume and the efficiency have been so good. He's only had two single-digit games, and they were, I think, a 4.3 and a 7-something. So, like, they didn't kill you. And if you were willing to take that risk when no one else was, you have a strong RB1 right now. I mean, he comes out, He's and over the last month that he's played in his last four appearances, he's had over 23 fantasy points. I mean, this guy has completely leapfrogged the, the Alvin Kamaras, the Zeeks, at least in fantasy terms of how good he's been. Yeah, I, I mean, there's just there's just no way about it. I mean, he just puts up some raw points, some good, some great running yards. He's still not a great receiver, but honestly, he really just doesn't need to be at this point with how many times they'll let him have the ball each game. He, he'll catch those screens, man. He, he'll run. He'll run. That's basically it's, a run for him. It's crazy. It's uh, like I'm happy for him. I, I love seeing people succeed, especially people who ended up getting like this reputation. Where everyone's like, "Oh, you're you know you're totally trash. You're gonna get <laughs> yeah next year." And then they're like, uh, "I don't know. We'll see about that." Also, you, I have to give you one. One extra little bit of a shout out on uh, McCaffrey because I was a total doubter. I thought for sure that the skinny little white dude was going to get broken off sometime like this yeah. year or next year, maybe. But it seems like I'm completely wrong about that. And he puts in a lot of work. So 
that was really good of you to see through that because a lot of people thought the same thing I did where, you know, there's no way that a five foot 11, 200 pound guy like holds up in this league. And not only is he held up, but he literally is the Panthers. Like even without Cam Newton, like it's just him. <laughs> yeah. Especially now uh, news dropped today. Uh, Ron Rivera is now gone as well. So yep. it, it really I mean, is just sure that means Cam's gone. <laughs> Yeah, it really is just Christian McCaffrey at this point. And, yeah, I love to see that. And that's why we play the game because uh, early on in his career, we, we, we get to watch these people that, you know, the general football fan does not know about. And it, it's been really special to see him go from that that rookie behind Jonathan Stewart who is getting a couple touches a game and, you know, doing something with him to just one of the best in the league. So hats off to him. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of uh, getting to watch people grow, I believe our next segment is going to be covering people we're most excited to see next year. That is a professional transition there, Tom. Take it away. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Um, So let us see. Um, I throw one honorable mention out there and then get to the person I'm actually going to, you know, go into a little bit. Um, Darius Geis is my honorable mention because, uh, you know, he ran for a lot of, a lot of yards (laughs) and some good touchdowns last week. Um, but I'm definitely not going to make him the actual player just because I don't trust the Redskins at all. Like I love Darius Geis, but no way do I trust the Redskins to, to do with him what they need to, to keep him safe and stuff. But I do love him and I was really happy to see him break off some good runs, but Again, just an honorable mention for now. First, I'm actually going to throw all my weight behind and get really excited about for next year is Devin Singletary. Because the Bills have always been a defense first, run first, you know, team. And I don't see them changing that really. I mean, even if it's Josh Allen doing a lot of the running now, the more the season's gone on, the more they've started to work Singletary into the system. And I mean, honestly, he's been crushing it. You know, he's got the chops to be a good receiving back. We saw that in college. He has great agility, great speed. I mean, I know he's been kind of devoid of touchdowns, but I, I think that's largely just because he hasn't completely been worked into the game plan yet. I mean, just he's averaged well above five yards a carry for most of the season. Right. Most games he's at five, if not a little more. And... I just see so much talent coming out of him when they can get him really well established with another offseason, except working him as the number one the whole offseason. He's going to be amazing coming into next year, and I just think people are not going to be ready for it if they're not paying attention. Yeah, he, he was actually someone I ended up acquiring uh, quickly after that injury, and after that first Miami game where he only had about two fantasy points, I actually sold him off for Carlos Hyde, regretting that a little bit. Now... But, yeah, I honestly think that hamstring injury early on in the season, if it wasn't for that, uh, Devin Singletary could actually be one of these people we're talking about as an MVP candidate. I just think that really derailed his season. And if he can stay healthy next season, I'm very excited to see what he can do as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so what uh, what, what do you got for me? Who are you really excited about seeing next year? This is a player, you know, he has just been an absolute blast to watch here in 2019, and it's Cortland Sutton, the Denver Broncos second-year wide receiver. Uh, He is currently wide receiver 16 on the season, 
and it's been with three mediocre quarterbacks so far. He was drafted probably somewhere in your eighth to ninth round, and I'll, I'll be blunt here, Tom. I think that Cortland Sutton is a generational talent. You look at this guy right now, and uh, I mean, I, I watched a lot of preseason Broncos actually because I was I thought they could be a sleeper team. I liked Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, both coming into the season, but uh, Cortland Sutton has just been money and. It's just been fun to watch these amazing catches he continues to catch every single week. Yeah, Corlin Sutton has honestly, I thought he was going to be good. I just didn't think he was going to be as good as he has been. I mean, with the quarterbacks he's been playing behind and everything, he's certainly had no right to be as good as he is, but he's really gone out there and put in the work. Uh, it's just, it's it's a lot. I mean, it was it's been incredible to see him come into his second year and hit the ground running that hard. Because like I said, I, I I thought he was just going to be like a big outside guy right? with some speed. And I, I just didn't think he was going to be good for more than maybe like a solid wide receiver three with upside for most of his career. But it looks like he, I mean, if if John Elway can get his head out of his butt and actually get a good quarterback in Denver, he, he really could be a, a wide receiver one for most of his career at this point. I know this. This I might be a little bit out on a limb on this, but he kind of reminds me watching him this season. Reminds me of Michael Thomas's rookie season a little bit. While the targets have not been you know through the roof or anything, he's had a high catch rate and he's made the most out of all those targets. Uh, his yards per reception is amazing, and I'm guessing he's going to be a guy that you know he'll probably be drafted somewhere in the late fourth, early fifth round, and. While he could have a season like Juju did this season, falling kind of flat on his face, if the QB situation isn't there, I love the upside moving forward. Yeah, me too. And like I said, I mean, so like you said, it's three like mediocre quarterbacks, and he's still putting up numbers. So there's, there's a lot to be said that he might be able to outlast the bad quarterback. I do like Drew Locke, though. I will say that I think Drew Locke might be special. You know, I actually don't – I really don't have an opinion on Drew Luck yet. I don't hate him and I don't like him. I just – I want to see a little more of him before I figure out what I want to do with him. He was someone I didn't really pay a lot of attention to coming out of college. Yeah, that, that's fair but, enough. So, so far, I mean, I'll just take your word for it that uh, he's somebody I should start paying attention to now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with weapons like Cortland Sutton, uh, Noah fans come on lately and – Philip Lindsay around him. I think, you know, they add one more wide receiver here in the draft, maybe an off-season acquisition of a veteran. I think they could be a very talented team in the next seasons to come. Uh, they're going to get Bradley Chubb back next season as well. I like that. Yeah, their defense definitely needs to uh, needs their starters back. And I, I don't know, Denver could be good. I, I didn't think Denver was going to be a terrible team. I kind of thought like you did, they might be a sleeper team. Like, I didn't think Joe Flacco was going to turn out to be quite that bad, but... Right, right. You know, you can't you can't plan for everything, I guess. Hey, they're one game better than the Chargers as of Sunday. Oh, the Chargers. <laughs> what a what a tragedy story. I rip to all the tra- Chargers fans and everyone that drafted Melvin Gordon pretty early. Oh, I know. I, w- I was going to include him in the bus list, but honestly, I think his... Uh, his holdout thing happened early enough in the season that if you drafted him, you kind of knew what you were risking, I right. think. Right, So I think that was why I didn't include him. Yeah, that's the way she goes, and that's the way she goes here on the in-between. 
Tom, that's all the time we have for you today. I appreciate you joining me, not just today, but throughout the entire fantasy football regular season. It's been a blast covering everything with you. Thank you so much for all your time and all your hard work, man. Yeah, thank you, and thank you for having me on. This has been really great. And I, you know, I love getting to chat football with you. So <laughs> this is this has been a well, more than fun for me. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to just come on here and shoot the crap about whatever we can talk about. Absolutely. I will see you for New Year's, Tom, and maybe we'll put a little picture on Twitter for the listeners. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we will hit up the New Year's parties, get up some pictures. <laughs> I, I hear it's great Gatsby theme. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. And, you know, one of us is going to be hoisting that winner's trophy at the end of this whole thing. So we'll you're right. see how that goes, too. You're right. It will be fun to see. Uh, stick around. We're going to have another Start, Sit, and Seth to round out the show. Tom, take care, my friend. You, too. Thank you. Start, Sit, and Seth. And welcome back to the podcast. That was the final time you will hear from Tom this year. We'll be back next year, though, so don't worry. But I would like to round everything out today with my final edition of Start, Sit, and Seth. This one's entitled Start, Sit, and a Campus Newspaper. I really just highlight my time here at the pen, uh, you know, walking into the pen three and a half years ago, barely over 18 years old, a buck 30, and uh, here I am. I'm 21 years old now. I've you know grown up so much with my time at the pen. It's uh, it's been one of the most important parts of my life, and I I really can't stress that anymore. Uh, make sure you check out that column. It's a very it's a, the intro is very close to my heart, so I really hope you enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, let's get into some football. A quarterback I'd start this week. He's a bad man. Whoa! This brother's on another level. I'm just trying to tell you something. Carson Wentz, Philadelphia. There you go. Philadelphia fans, are you finally happy? Uh, Carson Wentz, he's the player. I've I've really had a you know tough time with Carson Wentz this season. He's been on my sit list three times now. He was on my sit list coming into the season as well. Uh, it hasn't been a great season for Wentz. He's QB 12 on the season. Uh, the Eagles are struggling. They're 5-7, and seven, but because of Dallas's inefficiency to win games right now, they're still in the hunt for the division. They're going to come out on Monday night. They're going to play the Giants. And why I think you need to pay attention to Wentz this week and start him if you have him is uh, right now the Giants are they are poor defensively as a whole. Uh, QB, they give out up a QB rating of 101.70. That's bottom five in the league. Uh, Wentz, he's got his weapons back right now. They're at Lincoln Financial. Alshon's ready to go. Uh, Nelson Aguilar's is ready to go as he ever is. You know, you know my feelings on that. But they're taking on the Giants this week. Uh, it was an embarrassing loss last week to the Dolphins. I think Carson Wentz and the Eagles get it done here in prime time. A quarterback I'd sit this week. Here I sit in a low-lit room. I think I'd like you right on top. Sam Darnold, New York Jets. Listen, I know on the surface the overall numbers are telling you that Sam Darnold should be a smash play this week. The Miami Dolphins stink. 
against opposing quarterbacks. Second most points allowed in the league, but the the time they actually gave up not a ton of fantasy points to the opposing QB this week was actually week nine against Darnold when he faced Miami, only producing 12.5 fantasy points on the day. Listen, this is a division game, folks. I think it's going to be closer than we think. Uh, the Dolphins have come out. They've played tough these last couple weeks. They have three wins on the season. I think maybe they get four here. Uh, and the Jets only show up about once a month. So I, I really can't trust putting Sam Darnold into my lineup with so much on the line. Unless you're truly desperate, I think there's better plays at the position. More safer plays. Let's jump into some running backs. Two running backs I'd start this week. I used to play running back. James White and Sony Michelle. Well, it doesn't get any easier than this one, folks. Kansas City, uh, they are the Patriots' Week 14 opponent. They allow more fantasy points to opposing running backs than any other team. Uh, the Patriots, we know they've struggled on offense as of late, but I'm thinking, you know, it's December. It's gonna be cold up there in New England. I think. In Foxborough, they're going to have a run-heavy game plan to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand and to combat that weather a little bit. So I think that's going to favor Michelle early. I say he gets in the end zone. He hasn't got in there in at least six weeks. So I'm going to say a touchdown for Sony Michelle, some running room as well. And I think if the Patriots do find themselves trailing to the Chiefs, which it could be could happen in this one, I think it could be a very favorable pass-catching day for James White as well who just came off a season-high 37.7 fantasy point performance from him. So, yeah, I think Sony Michelle, James White right now, you got to trust him if you have him. I, I don't think there are much better options out there. Maybe you have some, but uh, I really like them this week. I think they could be the piece that propels you into the second round of your playoffs. A running back I'd sit this week. Here I sit in a low-lit room, I think I'd like you right on top. We're going to flip it over to the other side of the same game in Foxborough Sunday. That is the Chiefs running backs. Daryl Williams, he's on IR. Damian Williams, he's banged up right now. We're not sure if he's going to play in this one. LaShawn McCoy, he's RB35 on the season and has been serviceable at best so far. We know there's some hype coming in around the rookie this week, Darwin Thompson, but uh, Spencer Ware, he was added to the roster as well. So it's just a very murky water situation there. I don't think there's too much upside for anyone. And again, there's so much on the line. The Patriots have the number one ranked team against the ground game. I just don't think it's worth risking your season with one of these guys. I mean, if I'm playing one of them, I'm playing LaShawn McCoy, but overall, I'm not looking forward to playing any of these guys. Uh, I honestly think I would rather check in on some streaming candidates. Patrick Laird for Miami, Minnesota's Alexander Madison. They've been some nice pieces lately. So I would definitely look their way before any of these Kansas City running backs. Let's hop into the air raid. A wide receiver I'd start this week. Alshon Jeffrey. Philadelphia. All right, Eagles fans, you happy? We got two Eagles on my start list this week. Uh, and so better give me some brownie points with you guys out, out east there. And the in-laws too. But in all seriousness, Jeffrey has been, uh, he's been great this season when he's been out there. He's averaging 13.6 
fantasy points per game. He's coming off a season-high 16 targets. He's averaging 9 targets per game. Uh, you know, when he's out there, Carson Wentz is force-feeding him the ball, especially in the red zone. Janoris Jenkins, the Giants cornerback, former Rams cornerback, he has been trash this season. He's been getting burned constantly, and I think Jeffrey's going to take advantage of that one a little bit here at the link on Sunday. And to round it out, a wide receiver I'd sit this week. Here I sit in a low-lit room. I think I'd like you right on top. Muhammad Sanu, senior in New England. I thought when he got traded back at the deadline uh, that he was going to be a great piece for this New England offense and a great fantasy asset as well. In that Week 9 performance, he put up 24.1 fantasy points in his second game with New England. However, since then, he's only accumulated a total of 18 yards on five receptions, good for 6.8 fantasy points. Uh, the, the Chiefs, you know, as bad as their defense has been this season, uh, you know, it hasn't been great the last couple seasons. Uh, they've been pretty fair at covering the receivers so far. They seem to have that down. Their fourth best uh, as far as points allowed to the opposing wide receivers. And, you know, it, it is curious because you would think in in a time where teams are struggling to keep up with the Chiefs that they, w- they would allow more, but they don't. Uh, I just don't think this bodes well. Uh, it's cold up in New England. You know, we got that mix in that heavy run game plan that I forecasted earlier, and I don't think the former Falcons playable this week, honestly. Unless you're truly desperate, I think there are much better options out there. Uh, maybe a James Washington for the Steelers. He's got a great matchup. He's on a lot of waiver wires. Check him out. But yeah, most new. You're on my bench this week, bud. All right, and that is all the time I have for you on this episode of The In-Between. Again, this is our final episode of the season. Uh, I I just want to thank everyone so much for tuning in this season, giving us a chance here. I know we're a a newer independent podcast out on the scene. Uh, We're going to keep improving for you. We're going to be on a different format next year as I'm graduating here in about a week. So thank you again to everyone who has put in time in this podcast. Nate Miller, He's the guy who creates all the music for us here at the in-between. Thank you, Nate. Thank you for getting us into podcasting here at the Pen a couple of seasons ago. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. I'd also like to thank just all my Pen family. Uh, you guys have been my ride or dies these last couple of years, and I don't know what I'd do without you. also want to just shout out to the fantasy football community as a whole. Uh, it's It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun, and... I can't wait to get back in the lab for next season. And as Tom alluded to earlier, we're just getting started here, really. I mean, we got the postseason. We're going to round it out here, watch some playoff football, maybe take a little break. But we're still keeping notes for next season, and we're ready to go. So uh, so make sure you tune in next season. We're going to have it all for you. I'm going to continue to roll out some start, sit, and sets as long as you want them for the remainder of the season here. And uh, thank you so much again. And... Keep it in between, folks. Yours truly.